0: Welcome to Fifty Fifty, the music podcast. This is episode three.
1: Welcome to Fifty Fifty, a music podcast presented by Cinema Sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i pumped. <laughs> You're pumped,
0: everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Mike. And I am here, of course, with a Bear Chair. Hello, hello, hello. How are you
1: doing? That wasn't uh, that wasn't any accent whatsoever. It was an accent, but it also wasn't an accent. I
0: think all of my accents sound like that. It's yeah. always like they're just one bad accent that reflects nothing. It's like so.
1: Audrey Hepburn used to have like a like a European accent. It uh-huh. wasn't necessarily <laughs> regional to anything specific. It wasn't Italian or Moroccan or or whatever. It was just Audrey Hepburn.
0: This is like, this is a not an American accent. This yes, is This yes. is
1: over over there somewhere. That's all, that's all I got.
0: Um, we each got some topics? Yeah, baby. Let's go ahead and get into my first
1: one. Yes.
0: All right. Um, recently, in September, I went to a show with my
1: friend. uh to sun, kill moon. Do you know sun, kill moon? Okay. Sun, kill, moon at least used to do exotic covers of 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 other songs correct he's done some covers he did
0: definitely cars yeah occasionally he did like, a cars, not, yeah, he did like a cars cover that he's kind of known for and like a modest mouse did cover in the show
1: something like that yes i am familiar
0: yeah two or three years ago he put out an album actually might be four called benji uh-huh. and it was just a breakthrough awesome very deeply personal album singing about his dad and my relatives, and he has some some friends. This one song, "Ben's My Friend," which is just an all timer. It had a lot of heart and a lot of connection. So my friend emailed me and said, "Hey, you know we both love this guy. You you want to go see it?" So yeah, okay, cool. So we went to the city winery here oh, yeah, yeah. downtown mm-hmm. to see an
1: indie show. Well, what kind of? I've never been to that. I've been to the restaurant, but I haven't been to the venue. It's like the it's like the restaurant, but yet. There's a guy singing. Huh, really? So it's it's a fairly upscale like uh, dining yeah. experience. A little rustic, but uh, that's odd. that's an interesting place to see. Uh, yeah. So the you
0: show. kind so so it started off on honestly kind of a bad foot right uh-huh, away because uh-huh. we're walking in right as the show starts and we look around like oh everybody's been here for two hours and had dinner. <laughs> at an indie rock show that's i'm used weird. to going to the end and walking in and paying five bucks and being yeah. like yeah okay the beer is crap yeah. <laughs> and and it stinks and i'm gonna see one of my favorite bands all yeah, right let's yeah, do yeah. it that, yeah. that's that's a cool thing to do here we're doing this and it's just kind of weird there are, you know the wait waiters and waitresses everywhere so there's a lot of staff not only is there a sound guy you got a merch person doing the whole thing and it's like it's also weird because you'd like um upstairs, there's, like, a blues guy. Apparently, there's this other one. And there's somebody I've heard of. I can't think of his name right now. But, like, it's like, Papa Chubby. Have you ever heard of him? No,
1: but I love that name.
0: It's a great name. And, like, he's pretty good. And part of the way through this thing, I'm thinking, man, maybe I went to the wrong show.
1: Hold on. So there's a separate venue upstairs that's yeah. going on concurrently? Yeah.
0: And oh, playing weird. another artist that I had heard of. Is like, really? Wow. wow. Right. So this is, like, a thing. So the lights go out and he starts playing and kinda it's kinda drony mm-hmm. and kinda drone some more. Uh-huh. <laughs> it kinda keeps going and kinda you know, I had in the back of my mind his most recent album was kind of about uh like mass mass shootings mm. and not very well received. And that's just it was just like, oh, these are Terrible songs <laughs> oh, about wow. terrible things. Yeah. So that that all was happening. And Is it then, just the
1: one guy? Just
0: the one guy. He's okay. up there on stage. He has a piano player and a drummer. So okay. they're you know, and the talented guys and all that. And so like after the first song he starts complaining, He's like go going to the front, they're like, I smell French fries. I smell French fries. And it's like pointing like at the people, like, can you like move? Can you like go somewhere else? It's like, it's, like it's a signed seating. Oh, you paid for no. your seat. They're like right in the front. So he asked them to move. And they're just like, no, we paid to be here. And we're eating French fries because it's dinner theater. Uh, Didn't you know? That oh, whatever. So he like moves the microphone over to the side to avoid them. Does another song that sounds kind of pretty similar to the first one. And then comes back and complaining about the air conditioner. Oh, Deeply, this is. I see. Awkward. I see the look on your face. Yeah, this is cringy. This is awkward. It just keeps going, going. It is cringy. It is awkward. It got to a point where, like. 30 minutes. It was a three-hour show in the end. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Like, within the first hour, half the crowd was missing. By the end of it, there were probably, like, 20 of us left. Like, <laughs> there were probably 200 people there. You stuck it out? I couldn't. I never go out anymore. <laughs> I'm a <the> dad. <laughs> I'm here, baby. I'm here. I'm going to do it. And I knew, it was like, I'm just watching this train wreck, and I don't know what to do. So he's complaining about the air conditioner. Like, they keep blowing air on the back of my neck. Keeps blowing air. I don't want to get sick. Oh, it's too cold for it's him. It's too cold for oh, him. Wow. It's, too, it's back. So who is there who can take care of this air conditioner I don't want to get sick here in this secondary market oh, oh it's what? like what so I'm sorry I'm sorry I said that and it just it kept going and then like after the next song he's still complaining about trying to get the sound guy sound guy said you know I called somebody and the merch lady comes out and says hey we have a city city winery vest do you want to put this on and you do this it's like yeah that's exactly what I want to do put this vest on this is uh,
1: Oh, you can hear all this conversation happening the whole time. The, oh the merch
0: woman was like behind me. Oh, People Jesus. were leaving after this and apologizing to her. Oh wow! It was it. Was, I don't know. Like this guy has kind of a reputation, right? Yeah. I almost wonder if he does it on purpose. Is this like an Andy Kaufman type routine? Maybe so. Because I I have I have never been to a show. Where it, it got like this. He said, there's a dead fuck energy in here.
1: Ah. <laughs> the- oh my
0: God. <laughs> yeah, you're really taking it a I've bad never,
1: way. Have you ever been to a show I've like that before? I've never
0: been to a show like that. The closest I could think of was when I, you know, you watched like Man on the Moon, uh, the movie or something uh-huh. like that, and you saw like the Tony Clifton character just insulting people. Yeah. And people leaving and getting mad and and- it's kind of entertaining in I a really so, yeah. crazy way, like, but also when you think about it, nah, this isn't cool at, at, no, at no, all. No. That's not
1: hilarious. It, He's insulting the market. He's insulting the venue. Insulting the market, insulting, and
0: then he had these long droney songs about trying to find Tylenol PM in Canada and then oh. figuring out that it was actually named something else because he was in Canada and is like, oh, what are you what are you doing? Why are you doing wow. this? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I just there's a lot that I could go into. He he did. Do you know that '70s song "Loving You"? Yeah, "Loving You," yeah, yeah. and it hits that one really high note. Uh-huh. And you also know how sometimes when the the person on stage can do the thing where they say, you know, "I'm opening this to you. It's your turn oh, to sing." Yeah, he did that for the high notes.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, oh, that's hilarious! Half the
0: crowd's going, and we're like, do 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 do.
1: That was like a South Park did that yeah, in South- one of its early episodes.
0: <laughs> he did, yeah, but like we were all like just laughing That's
1: hilarious. in the middle of the song. It, you know was, what that reminds me of? What's that? So when Bon Jovi got to the point, John Bon Jovi got to the point where he couldn't hit the high notes in Living on a Prayer, yeah. he outsourced that shit every fucking time. Uh-huh. He would be like, oh, we're halfway there, and then, <laughs> say, <"Same> the audience. <laughs> <there."> exactly, Yeah. <laughs> But and at least kinda get close. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of knew, yeah.
0: You kind of knew, like, okay, yeah, he can't hit that, which is which is normal. <laughs> just don't do uh, the fucking song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not this guy up there who's who's saying that the whole audience is on fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: there's a dead fuck energy. Dead fuck energy. That there, is there's awesome. a dead
0: fuck energy. I don't. I cringe I, comedy. I don't. It was cringe comedy. I don't think he means it. I think something's not quite right with this guy. Oh so, yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess I don't. I mean, he's just a jerk or. You think this was a, a, a potentially a performance, like a part of his performance? I can't tell. Interesting. I can't tell.
0: I know. I was I was talking to people on Twitter who uh, he was in Nashville a couple of nights after this, and he was just talking about how bad the Nashville crowd was. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Had he Mount? He just hated. It, it was like. Well, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? The only proper way to respond to that is either to laugh or to leave.
1: Yeah. So And people did both, apparently. did both, yes. <laughs> Plenty of people. Wow, I've never the only time well, it's happened twice with the same band. So one time I went to see the band Cake at the Ryman and their lead singer John McCree is Mercurial. Yeah. He's uh have you ever seen Cake? No, I've not seen him live. Um He, uh, both times that I saw him, it may may be just by accident, he was drunk as hell. Yeah. Uh, The first one was actually a very good show, but like midway through uh, that sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell song, uh, he stopped the show and he pointed at a guy like near the front and he was like, Man, I can tell you're just riding that guy's energy, man. It's not cool. You're just surfing the weird energy. And you need to cool it. I have no clue whatsoever what he was talking about. But huh. apparently, like, he wanted the guy removed and all that. So it took, like, five uh. minutes to, to to resolve. And then they go launch. They hit the same mark that they ended on. And they <laughs> launched right <laughs> back right Jeep, back. go to heaven, goats go <laughs> to hell. Uh, so that was awkward. Makes yeah. you think
0: the band maybe has been there before. Yeah, and it's like, well, oh, well, I know where we're starting. And
1: yeah. the second, well, we had, this uh, was actually last year. Uh, Chris and Jeremy went to this show. Uh, Cake and Ben Folds played at the, at the amphitheater downtown, and the dude came out, messed up almost every song lyrically. A song, songs that he's written and has probably sang thousands of times, mm. has messed up the the lyrics to these songs. And then, like, he stopped the show for probably a good twenty minutes or so uh, uh. to give away a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. It's because they they do this at every show. Apparently, they like they 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 give a tree so that they're very ecologically yeah. inclined, and they're like, you have to plant this tree. But you, if you plant this tree, you have to email us and you have to send us photos and stuff like that, and you have to care for it. Grinded everything to a fucking halt. It was unbelievable. I still kind of enjoyed it because he was just so out of his mind. It's almost like seeing... Uh, it's almost the opposite of seeing uh, Bob Pollard of Guided by Voices. I was going to bring can, up Guided by Voices. He'll get drunk as a skunk, but he can handle his shit, you know?
0: Have you ever seen it to where it got too far, though? I, I've probably seen Guided by Voices four or five times.
1: and I I've think seen, the second time it got a little... I odd. saw
0: one, and it was like after about three hours, it's like, I gotta
1: go. <laughs> well, that's I the thing. I can't do it. I mean, it. just by nature of playing a three-hour show, which they always do, uh-huh. like, you can, you're you gonna get punchy by the end of it. I think I was a little punchy at the end yeah. of it, so. But yeah, <laughs> the first time I saw him, probably in like 2000, 1999, some of them, around Do the Collapse. Yeah. And, uh, around do the, the collapse he was shit,
0: he was on fire yeah, around do yeah, the yeah. collapse because he I, I think he thought they was going to be pretty big after teenage fbi and all that and i was kind of hoping they were and they didn't didn't really no. turn into much more I yeah know. i mean that was the biggest
1: they got for sure
0: but there's certain bands that are supposed to be who often like to drink uh who are supposed to be either be awesome or can be terrible the replacements for like the example where yeah, they could be yeah. one of the best live bands you've ever seen or they could get real drunk and do terrible covers and you didn't know <laughs> and I, I think they say The Who had a little bit of that as well because they were of course pretty notorious for doing stuff
1: yeah, so, yeah yeah. I would have loved to have seen The Who in its prime I think that's that's one of the ones because you see like the old performances on like network TV I think it was Ed Sullivan or whatever was it Ed Sullivan where Keith Moon blew up his uh, drum uh, set
0: I don't know, but yeah, I know it was one of those black and about. white yeah, things. Yeah.
1: But the way that they just absolutely like cohered together and then just fucking melted faces mm-hmm. was amazing. So yeah, I'd love to
0: see those guys. Yeah, that would have been incredible. I saw them them. I saw what's left of them at the um Nashville Arena downtown four or five years ago. It was, was it still pretty cool. Townsend was it, and Daltry? T- Townsend and Daltry. And then, like, Ringo's son is the drummer and, and a few oh, other yeah. guys. And it was still a really good quality band. And it's still cool to see him do Quadrophenia and all that. But there's no way they're going to be able to capture the magic of the you know late 60s, early 70s back when they mm. were monster band. Yeah. So, yeah. And,
1: you know, there's something to be said. It's funny. I actually saw Guns N' Roses two years ago, and they were perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh they were they were solid. It was the original lineup except for the drummer. So it was Duff McKagan, it was uh, Slash and it was Axl Rose. And then they had some no name drum- I don't even know if it was no name, it was from a band, but it wasn't Matt Sorum, it wasn't Stephen Hatton. Yeah. And you miss a lot of shit when you don't yes. have yes. at least somebody that's connected to the band that played in the studio. It's the same thing that you get from Pearl Jam after they fired Dave a- Dave Abersees, Yeah. Like and and after, you know, Led Zeppelin and Bonham and stuff like that, you it, it's, the drummer's the soul of the band, yes. you know? The drummer's a it's huge It's underrated. Part. Yeah. Speaking of a band that I've seen live several times, I want to talk about Weezer. All right. Nice. Weezer had a new single basically drop uh, on on YouTube at least. It was uh, earlier in September. It's called "The End of the Game." Have you seen this? Uh, no, uh, or heard it? It's, uh, I it's think a good I heard song. it. It's a yeah, good song. Yeah, it's very Van Halen-y. Um, yeah, you know, it's very like um, kind of like big chords and, and and riffage and and shredding and stuff like that. And it's fine. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. In fact, uh, our, our buddy Jeremy emailed this uh, to me and Chris like a few nights ago and said, man, I love this Weezer song. And I watched it and listened to it. And it's, like I said, it's perfectly fine. But I found myself going like, I mean, what's the deal with, with Weezer? I found myself arguing with myself during this song, this three-minute song about, you know, why would they do this? It's kind of half-assed and it's not all that great of a song. It's just kind of generic. But then I was like, what are you talking about, Barrett? Like, they, they have every right to release as much music as they want to. And also, Barrett, this is not a bad song. It's a perfectly fine song. It may even be a good song. It may grow on you a little bit. Uh, but then another part of me was like, well, it's not Pinkerton and it's not like up to the standards that Weezer typically does. But then mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? They haven't been doing it up to their standards recently. So what's the deal with that? So I've been arguing with myself about Weezer a bunch. And ultimately i love weezer i think Mm -hmm. they i i haven't really enjoyed an album all that much since probably the red album which is when they they went on this run with putting out an album a year uh and then released stuff like ratitude and hurley and then the black album and like pacific daydream or something like is that what it's called yeah pacific daydream um and you know the the album the cover album was fine the teal album Mm -hmm. perfectly fine uh but like Really, my enjoyment stopped around Make Believe, which was 2005. But what I what I find really interesting is how like critically divisive this band is. Like Rivers Cuomo will, himself will will do an interview and say like, you know, people kind of hate us because we're not Nirvana, uh-huh. even though we came up at the same time as Nirvana. And they were eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, this year. Uh, well, yeah, because it was 1994 was the blue album, so they would be eligible mm-hmm. in 2019. Um, and he not only expected them to get overlooked, they were overlooked or they were denied or whatever. Yeah. To me, I think they're kind of a shoe in like, like, okay, you take the hierarchy of alternative 90s bands, you know, Nirvana – is arguably number one. Depending on your indie sensibilities, Pavement may be number one, number two, something mm, like that. Pretty uh, high. But I think Weezer is right up there objectively with anything between commercial pop like the Blue Album or uh, their the third one was... Wow, their third one was the Green Album. That's wild. Uh, and then you have like the weird off-putting sensibilities of Pinkerton, their second album. Like they've kind of covered a lot of ground. It was seminal to me growing up. Mm-hmm. I think their music, their early music in particular, is terrific. I think their later day stuff, like in the mid aughts, is really good too. What's the deal with Weezer, Mike? They make
0: music that people like and that critics won't like. They they I think wow. a lot of critics. Wow, that's a good way to put it. I think a lot. Why of don't crit- critics like it? I don't know. Maybe they don't like take themselves seriously enough, or they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're definitely here songs that are kind of crowd pleasers, which is great. I love crowd clou- crowd pleasers. I, you know, I love when bands do that and try to make that. But a lot of critics, not all, but a lot of critics like when you're doing your own thing. Yeah, so I'm putting out my own song and not like, hey, we want to write a song that people are gonna really enjoy playing at parties and gonna love to hear live. And we're gonna go out and have a ton of fun doing this. That critics don't respond to that. At least and especially I bet you a lot of the ones at least a, a large portion of the ones who would vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: That's wild. You know, it, I, I I wanna say this very carefully because hip hop has its own double standard that it has to deal with all the time. Yeah. But this is essentially a critical double standard when it comes to comparing rock to hip hop. Critics celebrate somebody like Megan Thee Stallion or something like that. Or, or, or uh, Future or somebody coming out with fun, happy, pop, Drake, you know, coming out with uh, 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 nice for what or something like that. Uh-huh. Like nice and, and feel good and like crowd pleaser. But Weezer does it and people have like this, this critical, you know, negative reaction when they're essentially aiming for the same target, right? Yeah. Yeah. You might have the feeling that that's
0: mainly what they're doing drake might be doing all these different things and i which you know i i've never thought of Weez- weezer as an unserious band well even though they <sighs> they've put out a lot of you know they put out a whole lot of albums and they've their music is is really good and really tight and will really, really you know well thought through they're definitely trying to put out something good
1: you, you know, got a really good point you got a really good point because especially in the latter days, even Make Believe, which I think is a great album, it's got uh, Perfect Situation on it, which I think is a top five to ten Weezer song overall. But it also has Beverly Hills on it, mm-hmm. which is a very jokey song. Album that came after it or shortly thereafter had a song called Pork and Beans, yeah, which was a very silly song. Then they had I Am the Greatest Man Who Ever Lived, which is a very jokey song. Then they had... The covers of like Africa and things like that, that were, if if not jokey, tongue in cheek at least. Tongue in cheek
0: does not go well with critics. It, yeah, it just doesn't. They're not gonna go for that at all. And it, if even if they find a song appealing, they're not gonna name
1: it, put it on their like best song of the year list or anything. You're right, and and it it does kind of besmirch their early attempts, especially in Pinkerton to be deeper certainly diving deeper than what they are now. Pinkerton at the time was such a divisive album. I didn't realize that at the time. I thought it was just fucking genius. Yeah. Uh but you now a lot of it doesn't hold up well in in this day and age. He's yeah. talking about dating an underage Japanese girl. Yeah. He's talking about how he's dumb, she's a lesbian. Like, you know, there's there's certain things that don't hold up, but there's also so much the 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 production was so brilliant. It was almost in utero esque, like gritty and raw mm-hmm. compared to the first album. And the the lyrics, as maybe questionable as they were, were certainly authentic and honest. Uh, and it's weird to compare that Weezer and they still play a lot of Pinkerton songs live. I saw them a couple of years ago in Chicago. Uh, it's weird to compare that Weezer to today's Weezer. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. What are the uh,
0: the big moments, you know, that people can think of? When you think of Weezer, you kind of think of a few things, and I, I think right now you think of Africa, and I think that is another thing that some people would hold a mark against them. And I
1: that that itself was a divisive song. I yeah. thought it was awesome. I love the original song. The original song is brilliant. Brilliant. This, song. Uh, the, I mean, they did essentially a note for note uh, recreation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they do? They did some uh appropriation of the keyboard solo in the middle of it uh that was that I thought was was perfectly good. You gotta um, change it a little bit or yeah else you, yeah, yeah. yeah, they yeah. had this subtle distortion on the guitars, and I thought it was really good, but there are people that absolutely revile that song uh they think it they think it's terrible it did did it seem unnecessary <laughs> it it, it <laughs> I mean. I, I think Africa, Toto's Africa, has largely become a joke to a lot of people. Which is a uh,
0: shame. That so, Okay, okay. Maybe this is more of the point of what I, I was thinking. It has become a joke. The original has become a joke. So covering has become a joke. Somewhat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah. I think this is a band who has been kind of jokey. Yeah. And then so they're doing this. Maybe this is just another joke. Maybe unnecessary was the wrong word. Maybe it was they're just saying I love this song. This song should be respected and we're going to go out and play it. And and when you look at it that one then it's totally respectable. And yeah. who wouldn't who wouldn't want to play that song? Yeah, it's so Yeah, people, people,
1: people don't understand how great Toto was. No, they and don't. and probably still is. I think they're still touring at, at certain parts. This was 83 that the original song came out. And Toto was this jazz progressive rock band almost in the style of like yes or something like that yeah early chicago uh that was just genius musicians mm-hmm. and they get distilled down to what they think is a jokey song in africa and to be fair the video the horribly racist video for <laughs> for this song deserves all the ridicule yeah. it can get but the song itself is
0: very good. The Song is is great. There are several videos from the 80s that are that's
1: true. Well worth ignoring. Oh um, my god. This one I can't even say. I it. haven't seen it in forever. I don't this wanna, one, I don't this think one has, I want to know. <laughs> this one has an African lady or woman uh African woman or man, I can't remember what, throwing a spear. Uh-huh. Not good. Not yeah. a good, not a good look. No. I think that
0: critics would also be looking at that and kind of a joke song. I don't think Toto was ever going to get in the rock and roll hall of fame or whatever.
1: And are they not in?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. Um,
1: Hang on. I'm going to pause to look that up. All right. They are not. They are not.
0: Uh, I, yeah. that, I don't think bands like that are going to get the respect. I don't know if you necessarily call it rock and roll, but there are other bands in the rock and roll hall of fame that aren't rock and roll at all. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, I would vote for them. I think they uh, are, are terribly underrated. And should totally go in, but, you know. Anyway, so those are my thoughts on Weezer. I love Weezer as a concept. I love everything that they did from 1994 to 2005. I like some of the stuff that they did after that. Uh, And I'm still arguing with myself a little bit about why or how they should be doing things now. (laughs) Uh, And apparently I'm not alone. They, they, They cause some mixed emotions in people. It always confuses me when people just hate a band. Yeah, like, I agree.
0: And other people like it. Just let them enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. If somebody likes that. Just, just let them go.
1: So, unless, unless you're an asshole like the guy in Sun Kill Moon.
0: Yeah, total, total <laughs> asshole who hates Nashville. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next topic. Yeah, what's next? Next topic. I want to talk about this latest album from Sturgill Simpson that I think. Uh, is it, really something. Barrett, I think you saw the video. The first single they put out, the first song they, they put out, it's called Sing Along. It's a great, straightforward rock and roll song. And now he has kind of been... And I think you saw it. Have you seen that video? Oh, yeah. That you saw it, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he's kind of been country, maybe not necessarily my thing, kind of Americana or, or whatever. And that, that, that's great. People really loved it. He won like the Grammy for Best Americana Album 2016. Put out this one, and it's just like... It's just rock. You know, I love love the rock and roll, and it is straight on great. There, you know, it's one of those. I've listened to it like five times since it came out, you know, less than a week ago. Mm -hmm. And every time I listen, another song grabs me. And in releasing this, he has put out a full anime on Netflix. Ah, every single song. And there's kind of a loose story that goes along with it. Apparently, at one point, he was in the Navy. I mm. believe it's the Navy. Definitely was in the military and definitely was stationed in Japan. Oh, yeah, because lot...
1: that was kind of the impetus to Sailor's Guide to Earth. Was yeah, to... yeah, yeah. So he
0: has that background to him. And so then he decides, you know, he has that anime. He got into anime some while he was there. And he decides to do this, like, sleazy rock and roll album, as he called it, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to put out this entire thing. And it's like a lot of anime. anime it's really, you know, visuals and the story's okay and kind of goes along with it but the visuals are are fantastic and it's just great rock. And I love that he did this and I want more bands to do something like this. It doesn't have to be anime, but something like Tom York a few months ago put out, uh, like he had like a short song or short album and he had this like dance Mm -hmm. video that went with it Mm -hmm. and it was really cool. And it was like 20 minutes or something. Um, and it, I enjoyed it. And then as as soon as I heard he had put that out, it's like, okay, I'm going to go home and watch that. I have Netflix. I want to see that. And then as soon as I heard that, you know, I knew that I liked the Sturgill Simpson album, uh, it's like, I'm going to go home, watch this whole thing front to back all the way through. I I don't have much more to add than that, other than it's awesome? awesome. The anime is really good. There's it's kind of loose and there's some songs that don't really connect to the other ones but it's real there's this one where it's like like apocalypse downtown nashville which is kind of crazy that's the name of the song no it's called uh, last man on earth or or something like that and he's like this you know he's deaf they're definitely in downtown nashville and it definitely being blown the fuck up oh that's hilarious an anime it's crazy and it's really fun to see when you're you know from here and all so wow um, I hope this becomes a thing because I don't think these artists are getting a ton of money on streaming and all that, and they're definitely getting more on YouTube. There's no reason not to make this a longer, like appointment television. This is artists I really like. Let's make, let's make some really intense movie music videos, mm-hmm. and you know Netflix can partly pay for it, and the label might chip in mm-hmm. and get that on there. I hope that there's more of that. I highly recommend this album if you're into like sleazy rock and roll maybe is a little bit of bro rock or something but sometimes
1: you need that <laughs> i mean is is it really cuz he's got kind of a a different sensibility right like he's he's a little bit out there too much so for the country establishment yes maybe not enough so for the rock and roll establishment i i feel like it could change with this
0: yeah this is this is a game changer this is something different than some of the other things which if For me, it didn't, the other stuff didn't connect with me much, even though, you know, I respected it. This just, it just connects. The more I listen to it, the more every song gets to me. And by watching it, like you you start to have that visual and sometimes almost a music video can ruin a song because- It can. This, I feel, goes the other way. (laughs) I feel like I start to have visuals that go with it and like, oh, the visuals are good. And I start paying more attention to the song and you start- it starts getting in your brain and you're picking up more stuff and you realize there's a hook there that my brain likes and you and you're getting to that. And yeah. before you know it, like I went from like the first time I listened to it, like three or four songs really hit. Now every song really Wow. Hits.
1: And you think the, the visuals help that? I
0: think the visuals help because it's obvious a lot of, you know, a lot of care, a lot of work was put into those. I think it's worth 40 minutes of your time.
1: For sure. I'm totally going to watch that. Uh you mentioned uh the Tom York thing on Netflix, yeah. Anima. Anima, that's it. Yes. That was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. That was great. Of Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood and all uh-huh. that stuff. It was thing.
0: really cool. It was like modern
1: dance kind of thing. It was unbelievable. It was really, came out of really nowhere. Well it starts particular. off on a yeah. train and uh everybody's just kind of like looking ahead and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this collective weirdness happens and it's it's so compelling yes. all the way through. And yes. The ending is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Spectacularly intimate. Uh-huh. Uh And so I'm totally going to watch this. I'm, I'm down with something like this. Yeah. You know, other bands have done something like this. Daft Punk did
0: um, did an album. And, of course, Beyonce did Lemonade. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal. And they put it out. This should be expanding. This is. It, it's hard to sit down. It's hard to get me, at least. I think a lot of people are like this to say, "Hey, here's a video. It's five minutes. Go and watch it." It's like, Mm -hmm. and you might not think about it. You might do it. You might not. If you put out a full length and it gets good reviews, and you know that okay,
1: this is well done. So I'm going to go watch it. So that's an interesting point, actually, because you think about five minutes versus forty minutes. You know, you would you would watch the five minutes, but. If you're going to invest something, it's like watching a long TV show or uh-huh. a very short movie. Why wouldn't you sit down and and, and watch slash listen to this whole thing? Uh, and you're more inclined to do so versus a five minute video. Yeah. What an interesting idea. I think you're right. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, I guess it's I don't very, like, like said, it either. You know, it's, it's gotten good reviews. It's gotten uh, positive press from both. Uh, I haven't really seen anything from the. The countryside of things, but uh, I mean, this is, this is a passing glance at country. Uh, this is Lil Nas X's Old Town Road is much more country, much than more stu- country. The, the, Simpsons album. the
0: only thing that can really strike me as country is his voice can, can still have that country sound to it. He yeah, sings really strong and, and intense, but there's no reason that can't that same intensity can't go really well. On a rock album, so I it, it even though he has it, it's more just like he sounds like he's from the south.
1: I mean that's a weird designation because uh, listen to John Fogerty in Creedence Clearwater, rival. yeah, it sounds like a big old redneck even though he's from San Francisco. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was never considered country. Mm-mm. Bob Seger sounds you know somewhat country fried and that mm-hmm. kind of thing even though he's from Detroit. Fucking uh, Bruce Springsteen affects this southern accent whenever mm-hmm. you know he feels. I don't know, saucy or something like yeah. that. Fucking Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen should be another topic that we should bring up soon because right. I have opinions on Springsteen. Oh, I'd man. love to do that.
0: All right, we're doing that soon. Oh, All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys, kind that you mentioned, credence especially, like fit into something they called Southern Rock. Yeah, and this is not Southern
1: Rock. I don't think so. It doesn't. The the instrumentation certainly doesn't sound like no. It it it's not. So it it. It's like it's something else. It could be its own subgenre,
0: which there are too many subgenres. I would just call it rock and and just leave it there.
1: This is getting a lot of consideration for uh, album of the year. Yeah, uh, already, even though it's only been a couple of weeks, is this a uh, contender? It, I mean, it'll be on my top ten. List. Yeah, for sure. Wow, it's an album. Yeah, it's an album. Another
0: another thing that happens when you put out this whole thing is I can't not view it as an album. We talked in the last podcast, a lot of these, I'm viewing it as, you know, you know, Leonard Del Rey puts out all these songs and some come out a year before and it doesn't feel like an album. It feels, feels like a collection of songs mm-hmm. or whatever. This feels like he made all these songs. he put them together. They're supposed to be together, hmm. which doesn't happen that much that's anymore. True. I think that's true. So I like it a lot and it's a great album. It's going to be a top album Of the year for sure, because there are a lot that don't feel like albums. Will uh, will a couple of the songs be on my top songs of the year? Mm. That's another debate. Mm. I think it's going to be high up there. We're going to have to see. I have to see where my top ten goes. So
1: Uh, I'm going to be watching this uh, very soon. I'm going to be watching and listening to this. Awesome. Yeah. So there's there's this this boy band in South Korea. Called BTS. Yes, stands for something, something Korean. <laughs> but, but it's BTS. Yeah, but I think we all know BTS. They've come out and they've been really, really popular all over the place. And, and you know what they yeah. are? They're also good. That They're, helps. Yeah. They've got a lot of their stage choreography is almost unlike not n- t- name the top boy band, new kids on the block, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, like any any American boy band doesn't come close to the energy that these cats put into their performances. And their singing is on point. Of course, I don't understand most of it because it's in Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they're a phenomenal band. And I've actually gotten to know V and Jameen and Suga and RM Rap Monster. And uh, yeah, I've gotten... <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, Jungkook. <laughs> Rap Monster. <laughs> yeah, Rap Monster is his name. RM. He's the most uh, celebrated of the, the group. Except for maybe... This this dude named J-Hope. hmm And J-Hope is the first... You could say RM is, is close to it, but he's really the first one that's that's branched off and done kind of his own career while still staying within uh, BTS. And J-Hope got together with this uh, Latinx. Is that how you pronounce it? Latinx? Uh, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Latinx, yeah. This Latina slash Latinx uh, performer named Becky G. Yeah. Uh, Becky G's main uh hit most recently it was called Senpiyama, which means without pajamas, which means she's naked. Yeah. Uh and and God bless her because she's a very attractive uh lady. So she and J Hope get together and do this song called Chicken Noodle Soup. Chicken Noodle Soup. And uh it's 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 it I don't know how to class it's a bad song. It's a bad song, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, first of all, this is based on this is uh, a, a play off of a song uh, from 2006, a hip hop song. Um, the Webstar, right? It was Young B was the the writer of the song, and Webstar was uh, was one of the performers. Yeah. Um, and I had heard that original song a long time ago. Uh, I don't know how exactly similar it is with uh, this one, but it's it's basically uh, uh, an English refrain. Did a Korean verse, and then an English refrain, and then a Spanish verse, mm-hmm. and then kind of a, a, a little bit of thing. And uh, I can't figure the song out. I love it. I love it, Mike. But I but I hate myself. I hate myself for loving it, Mike. <laughs> why, why do you hate yourself? It, it, did
0: you see the
1: video first, or did you hear the song first? I'm curious. I saw the video first.
0: Yeah. Videos, there's a lot of color, a lot of good dancing, mm-hmm. a lot of- Fun. it's hard not to be attracted to that yeah and to see that and then the cars and to see these different people it's still you know see that someone from korea and it's totally different to come in yeah. and and yeah and and it makes it fun and the dancing is is good yeah, and, yeah. and fun and i like that a lot and then the song's pretty catchy that chicken noodle soup thing it's like, how catchy. It's this weird, like, anti-hook or something. It is. It is. It's absurd, <laughs> uh-huh. honestly.
1: It's not, It's like, uh, it's, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the old uh, pop songs that were super hits, the indelible hits, were just silly. Uh, the bird, you know, yeah. the, burr, 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 the bird, 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 the bird of the board. Th- things like that. It's it's always foul-based, apparently, uh-huh. uh, the things that, that stick. But, like, yeah, I mean, you can make Louie uh, Louie. Louis. You Mm -hmm. can make something out of nothing. And I think they've done this here. And I think it's, it's catchy. It is paper thin. It means nothing, but it may end up being like the biggest hits of, of her career. Uh, and maybe his solo career—it's a pretty big hit now, right? It's gone like
0: viral. Yeah, and it's all of within
1: that. a couple of days that it had already hit like fifty million views. On I know team. I saw it all over Facebook before I realized what it was. Like, who are all these people? are <laughs> <they're> talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah, it. was trending. Soup. They're doing this thing. Yeah, yeah it was yeah.
0: like trending like years and years ago. It was like a dance or or something when that original mm-hmm. song came out. And I went back and watched that video too, which I, I like. There's a lot of great dancing on there, and that's appealing, and it makes you like it. There's also like a, a like an alarm on it. You know the roar? they they like to put that in the background of song sometimes. Oh yeah. It'll be like a fire alarm or something. Oh I know is, what you're talking about, yeah. I hate that. I hate yeah, that. they
1: did that on uh uh the uh Shaky Feather song uh-huh. for the Bad Boys Two soundtrack, which uh. was Nelly P. Diddy and uh Murphy Lee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that song a lot. I can sing that song verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah i'm a big booty type i like them think what they mind right quality personality <laughs> conversate when the time right i'm not hot. i got women to handle that it'd be like he a man when he really a thundercat
0: thank you well done very well you. done uh what do we have left to say about
1: this song <laughs> <laughs> aside from your great rapper uh this is uh th- this is the epitome i think of pop music in 2019 is a retread of a pre- previous yes. song, uh-huh. a smash up of two incredibly different styles, yes, uh, both culturally and musically, and yet it's still an absurd premise, and yet it still sort of works and is insanely popular. Yeah, this is uh, this is pop music, especially in the YouTube era and Spotify era in uh in the u.s in particular
0: yeah Yeah. isn't it insane that one thing that never goes out of fashion for over decades and decades of pop music now is dance it's always absolutely yeah yeah, it's in it's still there and still great dance in this and you know we go back even to the 50s or whatever there were dances so that's one thing that never goes out of style and i really enjoy watching it i really enjoy watching this video because of that and it's so bright and lively and vibrant it makes me like the song, even though, <laughs> I don't no, know. That's,
1: that's an excellent point, because if I had heard the song first, I would probably be like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is awful. awful. But yeah, I saw it with the... The uh, the video's as nonsensical as the song itself. Yeah. Uh, but you got J-Hope with the weird chicken thing. This is going to be played at every uh, wedding in oh, the gosh. next like, five to... Seventy years. Yes, because everyone's gonna know it. <laughs> it's gonna be like Genuine's pony. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I'm there for it. I'll get out there and do the chicken wing dance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: When you were sick as a kid, did you get chicken noodle soup and a sprite? Uh occasionally, yeah. That's pretty much every time.
1: Yeah. That's with what the I think about, on the side with
0: yeah. the, the soda on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's good for what
1: ails you. Yeah, I Why Sprite? Always had Sprite. You know, what's, what's weird about Sprite is because it, conceptually it's because it's fizzy and it settles your stomach uh-huh, and stuff like yeah. that. But then it's got all that sugar in all it. All that sugar. And it makes it always made me feel like, oh, that's making it worse. Stop it. Give me just seltzer water. I was just so happy I was getting soda. It's like, oh, I get soda.
0: It's almost we're worth, gonna, almost worth being
1: sick. <laughs> you didn't get soda any other time?
0: Uh, no, not that oh, often. You'd have, like, have to leave the house.
1: Like We need to. We need to dive into that childhood.
0: That well, yeah. Wow. There, there's there's certain things
1: That's, that'll be the explain next, a few. Next things. episode will be Bruce Springsteen and diving into Mark's childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I bet you that would be a blockbuster episode. Oh, <laughs>
0: yes, people would love
1: it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into therapy. <laughs> That's right, baby. Yeah.
0: All right, those are our topics for today. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, again, you can go to. Fifty Fifty podcast that's the twitter handle that's f-i-f-t-y five zero podcast love to hear from you i'm doing a lot of new music friday things on there
1: i like your shit man thanks i like that twitter account because you're 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 staying on brand that's my problem with with twitter like (laughs) i'll tweet about music videos and then if i can send out five pictures of my dog or something Uh like that or like the ribs that i just smoked you are staying focused on new music friday's uh sending out good and quality music recommendations you tweeted about that Sturgill Simpson thing yeah, right yeah and I that's what prompted me to watch it so that, I like it the way you're doing your your stuff yeah so if you want to hear a uh,
0: different music kind of what I'm into and you know on Friday like especially now it's middle of fall there are like 20 new albums coming out wow every week it's insane and it's fun to to really uh take part of and put out different songs different music videos that people might uh, enjoy watching so mm-hmm. fifty fifty podcast. podcasts that's the handle uh tweet me anytime yeah love to hear from you thanks barrett hey thank you mike hey God, i love <laughs> you so much i love you too yeah. buddy that was that was fun um thanks everybody we'll see you next time keep listening to good music